You're listening to Way Out on the Wing with Wildus. And I'm Worm. With thanks to Van Diemen Brewing, your local beer this footy season. Finals time in local footy, and we're after someone to stand up, deliver precisely inside 50, and extract those hardball gets at the coalface. Hey, Derek, you reckon the Premier goes forward or starts in the gut? Oh, how about we throw guts in the guts? So Worm and I threw the magnets around on the wing whiteboard of dreams and made sure we had our best team on the park and starting in the centre for the opening bounce. Introducing a wing exclusive, the Honourable Premier of Tasmania, Peter Gutwin. Wildest, we are extremely lucky and privileged to have the Premier, the Honourable Mr Peter Gutwin, or Peter as we're allowed to call him, uh, today as our special guest on the podcast. So Premier, welcome to Way Out on the Wing. Well, my pleasure to be here, Worm. It's um, fantastic. Now, it's... I ob- hope. Well, <laughs> that's, that's what all our guests say. It will be. Look, it's, it's obviously been a massive few weeks for footy in Tassie. We've had finals kicking off uh, all around the state. We've had the Carter Report come out and be released and some massive discussions there being had and no doubt will continue to be had for for the coming weeks on, uh, on the prospects of that Tasmanian team in the AFL. Now, we'd love to ask you some questions on this, but we want to find a bit about you, uh, the Premier, and his own footy background. So... Let's go back to right at the beginning. You were, you were raised up here in the north in Unamara, uh, attended Myrtle Park Primary School and then Queechy. Now, you're a very keen sportsman from all our research. Uh, where did this love of sport come from and what sports did you enjoy as a youngster? Gee, that's an interesting question. Uh, look, my love of sport came from the fact that at primary school, we never played much sport. In fact, um, Myrtle Park Primary School, which is now closed, uh, had only 50 kids going to it between grade one and grade six. So, you know, it wasn't a very big school. Um, We didn't have a football team. We didn't have a cricket team. Uh, But there was a a teacher, Michael Weir, that um, was the principal there for a while, who played um, uh, cricket with Riverside. And he started um, when I would have been in grade four or five, you know, teaching us to play cricket and uh, have a, a kick of the footy. But I'd never actually played a game of football until I went to Queechee High School as a 13-year-old. Um, and there I just thought, this is fantastic. I, you know, there was a gym, uh, balls, and there were hockey sticks and cricket bats and you name it. It was like um, Christmas, to be frank. Um, and I just, just found that I really enjoyed sport. And so I started working pretty hard and picked the skills up um, uh, pretty quickly, um, which was yeah, good. Was it was it purely football that took your fancy, or were there were there any other sports that you hadn't tried previously once you hit Queechee? Well, look, I played cricket at Queechee, and then I played um, uh, with South Launceston, played um, Reserve A cricket with South Launceston while I was a schoolboy. Were you a batter um, or a bowler or a genuine all rounder? Look, I like to think I was an all rounder. Um, sort of back then, sort of um, yeah, in the Tony Bennyworth mould. But uh, you know, God rest. Uh, but he was um, you know, somebody that I watched uh, play a lot of cricket um, as a young uh, when he was playing for Tasmania and uh, doing very well when Jack Simmons was the coach. And we had Jack, um, who was the cricket coach at Queechy, um, was also the uh, captain coach of Tasmania at the time um, and took Tasmania to the Gillette Cup 
final, I think it was in, must have been in seventy eight or seventy nine, which well, we won. Not not a bad uh, not a bad role model to follow, Benny. He, uh, I would I reckon a lot of people would have loved to have been half the half the cricketer he was, and probably half the character he was as well. An absolute ripping bloke. So um, fantastic it, bloke. Yeah, he was. Now, um, obviously, you played played your junior footy, and then you you moved up and continued playing and represented Tassie as a junior footballer, and played some senior footy both here in Tassie for East Launceston uh, and in the NTFA and then Western Australia in uh, over there for Swan Districts, I believe, in the in the Waffle. Can you tell us a bit more about that playing journey specifically for football? Look, uh, when I started out, um, I can still actually, I vividly remember my first game of football, which I grade seven at uh, Queechy High School in a pair of um, gym boots. I uh, Parents um, at that stage, we didn't own a pair of football boots. And I had a pair of dress shorts on that mum had folded up so that they looked like a pair of um, football boots. And started off in the back pocket and just ran all over the ground, um, to which um, I can recall Mr Shaw was our sports teacher saying, look, that's how you're supposed to play the game. But then, look, I, I just loved it. And so, yeah, within a couple of years, I'd played in the um, under-15 state team, uh, played in the schoolboys um, under-16 carnival um, grade 10. And I was fortunate enough with East Launceston, I actually cracked the senior team as a schoolboy um, at 15. And so I was really keen on football, played with East for a couple of years, and then uh, I ended up playing, I actually had a stint with Uni Mowbray in the amateurs, played with them for a couple of years. I was actually banned for life um, playing with Uni Mowbray because I left East Launceston as a 17-year-old without a clearance. I uh, I did hear that. I was listening in to Jack and uh, Payne the other morning yeah. when you're on, and I did hear that story, and Jack was very pumped with himself for, for the research he did on yeah. that. But that, that was a great story, and the Queen sorry, gave sorry. you a pardon. So, yeah, that's right. In fact, I thought I'd get that one in early because I thought you might, might have that on your list. Um, oh, that that but, was at um, the bottom of our list. we got a few more above that to tick off. Yeah, so, so I, I uh, was pardoned by the Queen um, in uh, 1984. 83 it was, and then I came, went back and played with East and, uh, for a couple of years, and then Peter Daniels, who was the former coach of North Launceston, had coached Subiaco the year before, and had a conversation with him, and he suggested I go to Swan Districts, which I did, and played there under John Todd. Uh, only, and look, I played footy till I was only really t- about 22, I think it was. The Eagles came in, and at that stage, um, you know, I felt I'd gone as far as I could, and I focused on... Uh, business um, world that I was in at that time uh, before coming back and I played um, a little bit of footy with Hillwood in the NTFA in the early 90s um, for as well but that was really my, my football career um, the time in Swan, at Swan Districts was fantastic really enjoyed that um, albeit I didn't get on very well with um, John Todd who very tough taskmaster but somebody who's made a, you know, an indelible um, impression on me throughout my life um, and when I look back to some of the playing group, then they've stood. You mentioned um, making the, your senior debut as a as a schoolboy at East Launceston. and that would have been a, a coming of age up against grown men and stuff that you would have le- had to learn pretty quickly. Look, I, it was interesting. I remember um, the first game was against I think Scottsdale at York Park, um, and I look, I only played one senior match that year. I was sort of in and out of um, school footies, but had the opportunity to play seniors um, against Scottsdale, and they were a pretty tough outfit at that stage and I learned pretty quickly that um, you know, as a 15 year old boy you had an awful lot to learn but really enjoyed it and uh, it was you know, fantastic when I look back uh, the game was brilliant um, in terms of uh, my enjoyment of it but also what it gave me. 
And Peter, for those that obviously never saw you, <clears throat> never saw you play, what position did you play, and who were your your idols growing up that you wanted to emulate? In terms of position, uh, I was sort of a, a running midfielder. Um, played a lot of my footy in the centre or as a, a ruck rover, uh, you know, half back flank, half forward flank. Um, look, growing up, um, I must admit I really enjoyed watching Malcolm Blight play. Boy, like he was just a freak to North Melbourne uh, that, through the seventies there. You know, a bloke that could do just about. Um, you know, I remember vividly as a boy playing in you know, the under 16 junior grades back then that you know, what we try to do is always take that specky Malcolm Blight mark that we'd seen him take on the Saturday when we were playing on the Sunday in the junior leagues. Um, so I thought he was fantastic, but there were some brilliant um, footballers um, out and about at that time. Um, Barry Cable. Um, thought was uh, was brilliant, uh, and then you know obviously um, you know, rains uh, come to mind. But um, be a lot. you mentioned those players. Were there were there characteristics and personalities uh, that you took from each of those players to your persona on field? What sort of player were you? Were you a niggler? Were you white line fever? Were you happy to have a laugh with your opponent? Or how did how did Peter Gutman play on field? I was pretty competitive. Uh, you know, I worked really hard on my skills. Um, I was a boy growing up. In fact, there was a guy that, uh, in fact, he's still in Launceston now. He's got a very successful um, uh, architect's practice, um, Scott Curran, who was a, a year or two older than me when I first started to play back in grade seven and eight at Queechy High School at Riverside. Yeah, he was probably the best underage footballer going around, and he had skills on both sides of his body, could kick as well on his left foot as he could on his right. And I must admit, when I first started watching on my right foot, but at the little farm we had at Newnamara, I set up um, a set of um, goalposts on. Uh, that we nailed to a fence and we put some chicken wire behind it. And I just used to spend hours just kicking a ball, left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. And I actually ended up at the end of the day being a better left foot than what I am on my natural foot, my right. Geez, it'd be um, nice if juniors listening to this take one thing out of this and, and hear that, that practice does make perfect and that if you can be best on left and right, and uh, it will advantage you. Look, and I, with my son now, who uh, plays under 16 for, um, for North Launceston, and... Um, you know, just continually at him, you know, when you've got a ball in your hands, make sure that you're right side with your left hand and building up those skills on the other side. Um, you know, I was never, I'd never had blistering pace, um, but I was, uh, you know, I prided myself on being reasonably fit, you know, could uh, run out of, just used to work on the basis of, um, you know, if you're at the contest more often than not, you've got more chance of getting, so uh, just used to work hard. You're, um, what, what, do you watch much football nowadays, AFL, at AFL level? Look, not a lot. Um, obviously, you know, when football's played in Tasmania, I do my best to try to get along and, and watch those games. Um, you know, I've watched the Hawks and um, with some Bulldogs. Um, but uh, yeah, my time at the moment, I, I must admit, I don't get to watch anywhere near as much football. Look, as a, probably the busiest man in Tasmania, I think we can all understand that uh, watching football may not be a priority. But I, I think I'll lead the question into um, which current-day player uh, would you say you played most like or, or you see a bit of yourself? Not suggesting that you should have made AFL or um, <laughs> or, or shouldn't have, but, uh, yeah, which which modern-day current player had the best of, uh, we, best of Peter Gutman? We set you up with that, Peter, by saying what yeah. position. You know, you, you said you're a hard-at it midfielder, came off the half-back flank for that rest. We, we, we set you up there with that question. Look, no matter how I, no matter who I say, like someone's going to give me a ribbing over it. Um, look, Bonton I'm Pelly. Uh, look, if you took Paddy Dangerfield, took three inches off him and made him a yard and a half slower than what he is, 
um, that'd probably be about me. Jeez, I tell you what, that's that's, uh, that's, that's good. I like that. Brownlow medalist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, mind, that. yeah that's that's excellent. Now, good on you. Yeah, Elite, but, I like the remember, honesty. Like, Three inches shorter and a yard and a half slower. So don't forget that. It's probably a good uh, thing not too many people saw you play then. Well, they would have what, recruited. Well, Different yeah, career. Exactly. Yeah, we wouldn't have the premier yeah, we've got exactly. today. That's Push. right. Hey there. It's Wildess and Derek. Yeah, g'day. Make sure you follow, like, and subscribe way out in the wing. That's what you're listening to. We need your support. Get around us. Let's rip. Yeah, let's rip. You, Peter, um, we'll ask you the question about the AFL. What about local leagues? Do you? I notice your name's still sitting under the scoreboard there at Youngtown uh, for the the um, South Launceston. Do you still follow any regional competitions or teams? Look, I do. Um, look, in a very strange situation at the moment, like I've followed South Launceston for pretty much all of my life. Um, when I left East Launceston uh, to go to Swan Districts back in 1985, that was the last year that... Uh, was a standalone club. They then merged with City South to become South Launceston in 1986. And so I've never played with South Launceston, but that the fact that East had been my sort of boyhood club, um, I've always had a long association with South and every year. It was really difficult for me, I must admit, when my son wanted to play for North Launceston, um, South and East, um, or South in their current uh, configuration, but East uh, years ago, uh, you know, they just seemed to hate North Launceston. Like, I don't think there's any other way that I could explain that. Um, and I think it was reciprocated. But my son and all of his mates uh, uh, decided that they wanted to play with North. And I, I remember having the conversation with my wife. Very, very strange. Uh, but, you know, we thought, well, it's important that he enjoys his footy, that he plays with his mates. And so he now plays with uh, with North Launceston and has done for the last couple of years. And they've been a very, very good club. Uh, but I still keep an eye on, on South in um, in the local league. I keep a, an eye on Uni Mowbray as well, who I had uh, a couple of very good years with. Um. Now, Peter, you, um, I've got three young kids. It's always nice when people tell you good things about your son. And I heard a story the other day that your son uh, stayed back and had a good kick to kick with a young boy from uh, Upper Grammar in Grade 7, and he it made uh, made the world for him. So he's obviously doing the right things uh, on the field and then also those little bit extra as well, which is great to hear. That's really nice feedback. And thanks for that. No. But, um, and as a father, like it's always nice to hear you know, when your son or your daughter do the right thing. Um, you know, too often people will point out um, what the wrong things are, but that's yeah. fantastic. <laughs> and we're, pro- we're probably our harshest critics. They're always uh, devils at home and angels away, but I think I prefer it that way. <laughs> Uh, Premier, we're we're uh, we're deep in finals football uh, around most leagues in the state. Do you were you fortunate enough to play in a in a junior or senior premiership? And uh, was that potentially the your best football memory? And if not, what might have been? The I was actually fortunate enough both um, when I was back at uh, high school, fifteen year old. I played in the what was then the East Launceston under nineteen team in their grand final, um, and then the following year we backed it up and we won it again in the under-19s. Um, so, you know, winning a premiership, I think football, uh, very little it can compare to a premiership at any level. Um, you know, in terms of, uh, obviously over the years you play with the victory going to have and, you know, games part of, you know, are always special. And then there are, you know, you get the opportunity to, to play on players you've looked up to all of your life. I had that experience when I was with Swan Districts. So we played in a pre-season Collingwood and uh, I actually had the job of uh, running around on Jeff Rains that up, um, and you know he's about three inches taller and a yard, yard and a half faster than what what I am as well. So you know I saw a lot of the back of his jumper. So it was a t- uh, it was a tough afternoon then. 
It was a tough afternoon out, but look, interestingly enough, and I give the, the waffle as it was then, this was pre the Eagles coming in in 86. Um, they uh, had their first run in 87. Uh, and that team that day, Swan District, we beat Collingwood in that pre-season. Um, and that's a very fond got. Um, to, they, from memory time, they had all pretty much a full list. So, you know, the waffle stand pretty good. I don't think, I think that's the reason. Obviously, WA has two AFL sides at the moment because of the strength of... Uh, the waffle in the past and stuff. Do you, um, those guys that you potentially that played with premierships or over at Swan Districts and stuff, are you managed to see any of them on a, on a semi-regular basis at all? Because Worm and I having played in premierships together and it's one of those um, inherent links that you have with someone that you're able to uh, look someone in the eye and know what you, what you put your body through and what you went through in order to get to that uh, point. Look, I've been to a couple of um, reunions over the years. Uh, you know, there was an East Launceston four or five years ago that uh, went back and bumped into a number of the guys that I'd played in uh, that first under-19 premiership with. Because bearing in mind, like, my engagement with, in fact, both those under-19 teams probably wasn't what it should have been. I was a schoolboy first um, final that we played. I think I might have played four games, just enough to qualify to into the finals, um, mixing school and um, other... Uh, under extreme response. And then the, the next year, again, only played a handful of team games and they're playing through the course. But look, there is a, there's a bond with people. Like you pay a price to win a premiership. Um, you know, you pay a price in life to, you know, if you want to better yourself, um, you know, the work that you put in. You know, as a team game, there's nothing like, uh, you know, the bond that you have when you paid that price together and you climb. You know, I think anybody that's played the premiership team at any level in any sport, um, you know, will always have fond memories of the people she. Yeah, I've I've had a. I remember uh, early on, someone told me that if you if you play a game with someone or a game of footy and you see them across the street, you give them a wave. But if you've won a premiership, you take the effort to cross the street, you have a chat, and that's that sort of bond. So, um, yeah, we agree with you there, Peter. Now we're going to take a slight detour in our line of questioning here. I, I I don't know about Will, but I absolutely loved the vision of the Black Panther tattoo on the guns when you had your COVID vaccine. I thought it was a great bit, whether it's true or not, I thought it was a great bit of media strategy, bringing in that human element, which we loved. Um, now, the tattoo, I believe, is because you're a qualified black belt in Taekwondo or a qualified black belt Taekwondo instructor. Uh, two parts, is that correct? And if so, how long ago was this? And what made you take up that sport? Uh, look, it is correct. Um uh, has been some time since I've trained um, fully in Taekwondo, but I uh, was a black belt um, instructor. Call it the art, not the sport. Uh, I first trained in Taekwondo when I was 17, and then had uh, uh, I was on again, off again, as um, you, know, you sort of with football, which was um, you know, my first. But then once I'd stopped playing um, football, and as I say, I stopped at quite an early age, then I migrated into Taekwondo, up, uh, black belt, had uh, my own club there for a while, was running that. And again, I, you know, with, um, with Taekwondo or any form of sport, um, you know, that I liked the discipline aspect of it, um, the fact that you've got to turn up, that you've got to you know, uh, go through a you know, a set of um, script training exercises and ultimately you are um, graded and depending on how much work you put in, be the most level. So I spent quite a bit of time uh, with Taekwondo and, um, you know, ran both an adults class and a class for um, for children as well. Well, <clears throat> thank, thank you for the clarification that it's an art, not a sport. A sport, and I, uh, I was, wasn't quite sure what to call it with that. So I'm glad you've um, you've cleared me up on that, which is great. Um, you're still in pretty pretty fit 
at the moment. What what keeps you active at the moment? Have you question for you? Have you considered making a comeback? There is the AFL Masters, and one of <laughs> one of our favourite teams. I know you're a big listener on on of the podcast. We see that in all the statistics. Maybe a one off appearance for one of our one of our teams, the Hobart Pig, Pigskin Warriors, in that Masters competition down south. Well, look, let me sort of work backwards on this question. <laughs> um, look, the chances of me playing a game of football again are very, very slim. Um, never say never. Yeah. No, look, I'd never say never, um, but uh, but very, very slim. Uh, and I must admit, I, I am in awe of um, my contemporaries that are of similar age to me that uh, that still do have a run around the place, I, and I just think they're able to do that. Um, look, in terms of um, keeping fit, uh, I'll tell you, this is an interesting. Well, I think it's story. Um, you might. Um, we're always up for it. We're always after tidbits. So this will be good. I like in, where uh, it's going. Back in 2010 11, uh, there's a guy, Hugh uh, Kenzie, who um, City Council, like I've known for a long we've time. And we decided. We, we, we played premierships well. with, his, uh, with his son, so I know Hugh very well. Well, well I've known Huey since um, his Launceston days, and I first turned up there as a 15, 16 year old, and we've remained friends right through. But we decided in 2010 that we'd run a marathon. So we uh, we went from zero to uh, a marathon in about eight months, I think. And we'd got to a point where we were running 30Ks around Launceston Saturdays, built up. But anyway, we were both um, going back years ago. So I was early to mid-40s and you were me. But post doing that, we both, um, got, we both got some injuries. And I had a very bad um, Achilles tendon. And... I was sitting next to Tommy Hay in 2012 at the South Launceston Grand Final, uh, AFL Grand Final, uh, in uh, up at the uh, Country Club, and I said to Tom on that day because he looked terrific, um, 82, I think. He, um, I think he always right looks now, terrific, doesn't he? Yeah, wearing a t-shirt under his suit, and um, just said, you know, how do you keep fit? And he said, look, every morning, he said, even right now, he said, I get up, you know. Couple of hundred push up or a couple of hundred sit ups, a hundred push ups. Um, you know, I work out on my weights, and he said I just do that religiously every morning. Well, at that time I couldn't uh, run the Achilles problem I had, so I thought, well, what I'll do, I'll start doing this. I won't do uh, two hundred sit ups is a bit much, but I can certainly do a hundred and like you know fifty to sixty um, push ups. So I started doing that, and it'd be fair to say since two thousand and ten, if I've missed. Uh, less than a handful of games, uh, of days of doing, and um, that'd be the case. So every day I get up and I run through that routine, which I, in my mind, is the Tommy Hay, and that basically is, you know, just keeps me in reasonable shape. There's a bit of that Taekwondo uh, discipline, obviously, coming out in that uh, mentality. Well, my wife thinks it's a form of sickness, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think, I think Will, Will well, and we're I, not going to disagree with her. Uh, Will, Will and I um, could probably do with some of this um, discipline in the morning, so I might have to start following your lead there. But uh, you know, I must—I was so impressed. As I say, sitting next to, to Tommy, um, I would have been forty years or almost forty years younger than him, and uh, actually looked fitter than what I did. You know, um, now there's obviously something to this. So I've just kept it up. Still to come, we cover off in the Carter Report with the Premier and hit him with the fast five questions, including: Is he a white boot or a black boot preference? We already know he's a black belt. Well, I know my profession as a brewer and owning a brewery is probably not going to help me too much from that side of things. But uh, you were in the hotel game for a while and then moved into politics in 2002. Uh, what was the driver to delve into community representation and now subsequently the, the state leadership? Look, I'll make this really quick. Um, in 
1985, when I went across to Western Australia, uh, yeah, I was really surprised at how strong it was. And I was a young man at those five years that I lived. And I was just really impressed with the fact that people were confident their conversations were about what... I came back to Tasmania in the, the 1990s, an unfortunate recession, and things were pretty tough. And then in the mid-90s, um, I went away to Ireland. Uh, they were running an economy, they, they called it the Celtic Tiger. You know, it was just gangbusters. And again, you know, people were confident, they were... They had work and there was opportunity. And my wife and I came back to Tasmania in 2000. We decided we'd come back there. And unfortunately, back in 2000, 20 years ago, nothing again. Our economy wasn't strong. There wasn't, you know, comfort high. And having spent time in both Ireland and prior to that in WA, you know, I, I just thought the most beautiful place where I went, surely. And that was the reason. Although that's, I can't argue with that. That's a good enough reason for us. I know that it's a game uh, that I would probably never get into, but... I mean, correct, correct us if we're wrong, politics is a little bit like football, sort of managing a team, having to deal with umpires' decisions that you may not agree with and often put, often put up with an opposition that is uh, out to get you from the first bounce. What have you learnt from football that has now transferred into, into politics and applied nowadays? Look, the important thing about football or any team sport is that you've, you've got to have a goal, you've got to have aspirations. Um, now, and importantly, politics, uh, understand where you are and what position you're starting from, but importantly, you need to go to set goals. And the goals that you know, I've set right through this have been that I've wanted to you know, ensure that the work that I do improves the lives. You know, that that aspirational nature of football stood me in good stead in politics. Um, you know, I think, and I'd, look, and I'd have to say for the vast majority of people that um, uh, are in the chamber, you know, sit around local government tables, people in public life, you know, they get involved in politics because they want to improve the life. That's you know, more noble calling than that. Here, here. Um, just throw a little hypothetical at you. We, there's a game of AFL about to be played. Uh, it's, um, well, we'll say the Liberal Party versus the opposition. Um, which member of the opposition party would you least like to line up on in a football game? Okay, that's a difficult one. Um, you can, you can say uh, all of them if you want to. No, but look, there's a few of them I would like to line up on, I can tell you. It's <laughs> <laughs> But... Um, Oh, look, um, no, all of them would be difficult. All of them would bring something. Uh, That's the very, very, very po- diplomatic <laughs> answer. Very, very politically correct answer. I like it. <laughs> now, I'm going to throw another random one out there for you, Peter. Um, Wildus has done some research, and he's heard that you may have had or may still have a couple of pet goats, Alan and Teddy. Now, if you can let us know, are these other goats still around and... How old are they? How'd this come about? And would you consider the next pair being called Wilderson Worm? Well, look, again, I'll, I'll work backwards. Um, look, absolutely, Wilderson Worm would be great names for a couple of goats. Um, look, Alan and Teddy, I no longer uh, no longer have Alan and Teddy with us as a family. Um, what we found last year, and with me spending more time in Hobart, we used to live down at Hillwood, um, which is you know, half an hour further north than um, the Lons- uh, My Two children are uh, adolescents or teenagers, I guess, um, very sports orientated. And so we're up and down the highway, up and down the highway. And in the end, we decided it was easier on the family to move into Launceston. Uh, And so we sold the little farm. And the people that we sold the farm to were kind enough to um, to, uh, take over the responsibilities of looking after Alan and Teddy. That's good to hear that Wilders and Worm might get a show in. There should be a knock on your door right about now. And we'd like to present to you Wilderson Worm, the two goats. Did they come in? 
Um, maybe our timing's a little bit out, but we'll get we'll get Wilderson Worm up. the goats. Too. No, fantastic. Oh, there's a chance. You're saying there's a chance. That's that's what we like. Now, um, Peter, you you've you've said you're a, a, an avid listener of the podcast, and on those trips up and down the the Midlands, you're obviously listening to it with your with your team. You you know about our regional state football series that we've gone on at the moment, and our two final teams, Signet and South Launceston are playing off in the best regional football club. They're playing at Queenstown. Now, I know you've got a little bit of South Launceston bias. I'd love you to take that hat off and let us know who you think, because we're going to give you um, double voting rights compared to everyone else. We'd love to know who you think will win our state final series. Well, look, I've taken that hat off, but I very quickly put it back on. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Look, I'd look. I'd have to. Um, I'd, I'd have to uh, uh, go for Southlands Wood um, Club. Um, you know, I think uh, that's you know, one of the big things about football clubs, um, and as I say, sporting clubs more generally. You know, when you've been involved with the club and um, culture and the people there, that it's very so. Southlands just not have to um, go for. No, no, no worries. And the that's, greatest of respect to Signet. Yep. No, that's uh, that's very valid, and, and I don't think anyone's going to hold that against you. So, um, now we we're, we're recording this tonight. It's on, on Wednesday, it's probably going to come out later in the week. There were um, some media reports that you were going to have some further conversations today with Gillam McLaughlin from AFL. Have have they happened? How did they go? Um, how was the outcome of those discussions? Look, I, I have had further discussions with Gil, and uh, those discussions are going to go on uh, over the next couple of days as well. Um, I'm hopeful of being able to get to a point where we can get that timeline for the decision. Uh, on an AFL line, uh, and you know, Gil and I had um, a good discussion this afternoon. You know, I've certainly uh, made it very clear what the state's, and he understands that, and we're working through that. Well, I, I think most Tasmanians are pretty passionate and and um, pretty appreciative of your push for on the on the state's case for its own side, uh, and no doubt those discussions that you've had with Gil are, are pretty good. Um, how, in your opinion? How do we best transfer our rich state football heritage and history and passion for football into a modern business case for um, a successful and thriving Tasmanian AFL team once um, we we're accepted or that once that license is is given? Is there, in your opinion, is there a best way that we can transfer that heritage that we have into a modern AFL side? Look, I think um, there are ways that we are going to be able to do that, and certainly the business case that we. Um, we put to the AFL, which was developed back in 2019, spoke about the strong we've got in terms of um, our football pedigree. But the one thing that I know is that Tasmanians are passionate about their footy, sporting clubs generally. I think the one thing they most has, and right now we don't have a play on the national stage, uh, not our own. You know, my view is that Tasmanians will get right behind that. Um, you know, and there'll be many that'll you know, have um, membership with AFL clubs already, but I'm certain that in many cases people are going to continue to support and shout for the team that they have for all of their life, but they'll also smain. And I personally, I, I can't wait till we're in a position where, you know, hey, someone, you know, a team like Colin, you know, I just turn up in droves. Well, I think that's been shown in the in the couple of games that we've, or the 12, one of the 12 games that we've had down here that we, we do show vote with our feet. Um, were you, other than the timeline component of the Carter Report, were you comfortable with where... Uh, the three options sat. Now, obviously, as fellow Tasmanians, we're not necessarily happy with two of those, but as, as far as how the, the Carter report came out, were you comfortable with, with the um, conclusions out of it? 
Well, Colin's overarching conclusion was that Tasmania deserves a team and Tasmania should have it. And uh, on that, I, I absolutely agree. Uh, in terms of the the options that he put forward, you know, whether it be a, a standalone 19th team, a relocation or you know, some form of uh, hybrid option, which um, uh, we've ruled out, by the way. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we've had AFL played in this state and we've rented the game for long enough now. Yeah, I think. Yeah. You know, what we want is our own team, not not so. You know, the the discussions that uh, I'm having with Gil at the moment, um, you know, in terms of what the model looks like, again, I've cleared it out our own nineteen, and that, uh, you know, relocation, whilst not off the table, would not be our preferred option, um, and certainly... The, um, the third hybrid option of sharing. But you know, the one thing that I do know, along, you know I think that uh, our aspiration will be to um, never had any doubt as a state of this federation. Not only do we deserve a team, but you can't have a team competition. Tasmania is playing a role. And so I'm certain, as this debate will seem quite... Yeah, P- Peter, I agree 100%. And I, I, I would strongly, strongly suggest that anyone that has the love of AFL and footy um, actually gets a copy of the Colin Carter report and reads it in its entirety. It is a fantastic document. It is thorough. It um, deals with all the issues and looks at everything. And to me, it's summed up in the third last paragraph. He says, Today, taking the long-term view, Tasmania is now at some risk. However, the costs of securing it are reasonable. It fulfills the purpose of the AFL. It is the right thing to do. I, I don't think you could summarise it any better than that. So we're all behind you and we love, um, we love the footy and we love the way you're going about it. So You're listening to Way Out on the Wing with Wildus and Worm. Make sure you listen, like and subscribe on your podcast channel. Let's rip. I'm sure you've heard our final segment, which is the Fast Five. It's a, it's a quick fire, rapid questions. We want to finish this interview on. I'm going to leave it with Will. I'd like to say thank you very much for giving us your time uh, on a no doubt very, very busy week. So I'm going to leave you with, uh, with Wildus to rip through our fast five. Well, thanks very much. It's been a pleasure. All right, Premier, whatever comes to your mind on these uh, quick questions, right? Start the timer. Football boot preference, white or black boots? White. Will a Tassie team, when eventually we get one, be named the Devils? Maybe, not sure. Very good answer. Have you ever had a kick to kick in the hallways of Parliament? If so, who with? Uh, no, but I have had a handball uh, in my office here with my Chief of Staff. Just as a little aside, do you have a football on the shelf in the office now? The answer is yes. Yes, beautiful. Uh, have you enjoyed a footy game at the spiritual home of Tasmanian football, Queenstown, either as a player or a spectator? Uh, I haven't uh, done either, but I have visited the um, the ground just to have a look at it. Stop stop the clock, Will. Um, Premier, we've also had uh, the head of AFL Taz, Damien Gill, um, state that he's never been to Queenstown. I'm suggesting a little road trip. The four of us will uh, head out and watch maybe a Queenstown game one day. Uh, look, I'd be happy to do that. I have been to Queenstown. <laughs> I make that point. <laughs> Damien may not have. I have been. But I'd be very happy to go back. Uh, we'll be able to park the car up like it. We'll be able to get the Premier's car spot, a bit like uh, the Prime Minister did at Carlton Games. We'll get the get the uh, scaffolding up and be able to park up there. We'll get prime spot with you in the Excellent. car. Uh, final one. Start the clock again. Uh, finally, you've enjoyed the first half of the ODFA Grand Final between Mount Pleasant and Bothwell on the weekend. And you've got $4.50 in loose change in your pocket. What's in danger at the Oatlands kiosk? 
Look, I'd have to go for a sausage roll and hopefully with um, any loose change that's left uh, a bag of mixed lollies. Ooh. Is it sausage roll over hot chips? Uh, sausage roll and uh, over hot chips, yes. Are you a um, sauce? Tomato, barbecue? Uh, look, I'm a tomato sauce, yeah, yes. Standard, In fact, yeah, I, fair enough. There's very little I, I eat without tomato sauce on, to be honest. Yeah, good. Well, Premier, just one little quick one to finish with. Uh, we appreciated your time tonight, but who should we speak with next on the podcast and can you facilitate that for us or help facilitate? Um, have you spoken with Paney? Tim? Yeah. We what? haven't yet. No, we haven't yet. Um I actually went to primary school with Tim and his and his older brother Nick. So we we're going to try and Nick's a if we're talking regional footy and we're talking legends of of Hobart and and uh, especially Clarence, well you can't get much bigger than than Nick China Payne. So we might have to do a bit of a duo there, get Nick and Tim on at the same time. But can you help us facilitate that with Tim potentially, Peter? Oh, look, I'd be happy to um, speak with uh, Tim. Uh... Yeah, look, he's, he was um, sensational last year when we were in the, um, the midst of um, COVID and uh, you know, he helped uh, you know, with a bit of, ra- of a rallying call that we had for with uh, you know, a group of guys, um, footballers and, um, and cricketers, you know, to get Tasmanians right behind um, some of the messaging that we were doing. So, look, I'd be happy to reach out. Um, no problem at all. Oh, well, we'll let our people talk to your people, Peter, and uh, we'll, we'll get that sorted. So, <laughs> Do we have people? Yeah, we've got, we got Derek, <laughs> Derek, Derek in the back, oh, in yes, the back office, Derek. so don't worry about that. Uh, Premier, mate, thank you very much for you just, your you time. Just, you just threw in a mate. Well, you were going to throw in a champ, but I reckon that's a little off the <laughs> no, cuff. 45 uh, minutes. Premier, thank mate. you very much for joining us, mate. We appreciate that you're a busy man, that it's been a couple of busy weeks for uh, Tasmanian football. Hopefully we're all moving in the same direction and uh, the outcome of these conversations that you're having, that we're having, that everyone in Tassie's happening are uh, in the right direction and we look forward to heading to Queenstown and seeing a Tasmania versus West Coast Eagles game at some stage in the future. Can you imagine that? No problems. Sounds like a day. All right, thanks very much, guys. Beautiful, Premier. Appreciate it. Bye. What do we garner out of that? Fair um, bit. Well, we can't get any other. Well, I, I suppose we're working our way up. We've got, we've got the prem. We've just had the. We've had AFL head of AFL Tas. We've gone to the Premier of Tasmania. We're now going to the captain of the Australian cricket team. There's only one way above that that we Chairman can go. Of selectors for the Australian cricket team. And then there's one more. Um, Jack Rewalt. Oh, Jack would be good. Richo, Matty Richardson. Anyway, look, what a fantastic chat. Actually, I really liked that. Got a lot out of that. And um, I know we've had the, the the Premier's had lots and lots of questions about uh, about the AFL team and, and how that's going to go. And we probably – we didn't want to inundate him with those sort of we questions, we but it's lovely to hear We didn't want to regurgitate what had already been out in the mass media. We're certainly not the mainstream media, so <laughs> – and we're asking questions about Teddy and Alan, the goats, and he wants a couple of goats from us. That's awesome. I can do a couple of pigs. We might have to get on to goats. Yeah, they won't last as long. Oh, they well, either or depends like your to, preference for meat or. But um, yeah. no, that was that was good. Yeah. Right, hopefully, you of all listeners uh, have garnered something out of that. Have a bit more respect or understanding of where the the premiers come from and his football career and journey through football. Um, as we harp on about, you meet some incredible people in football and whether it be opposition or teammates or um, premiership teammates, whatever it might be, 
Um, and I think um, Peter obviously said along those lines that you you learn a lot through football. You meet a lot of good people, and that's what we're here for to to facilitate those conversations and engagement. And hopefully, you enjoyed it. And I didn't know taekwondo was an art. Yeah, I like go. that. Well, yeah. that shows how much pull, we've pull, done pull, out of martial arts. Yeah, there's no, not much. Another beer one? Yes, please. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> all right, then. Thanks. Signing all. off. If you enjoyed this chat on Way Out in the Wing, make sure you like and subscribe to the Way Out in the Wing podcast channel so you never miss another entertaining episode, neglect an exclusive interview, or forget what games you should be seeing this footy season. Listen, like, and subscribe to the channel now.